Pastor Xavier Reese says you'll find peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul knew he was imprisoned by God's appointment. Do you think Paul believed that God was in control? He wasn't being pressured by the circumstances. He knew he was there by assignment and God was the one who was directing his steps. If I'm walking with God, then he's going to direct and guide me. I'm going to rest in him. I'm going to seek him. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Writing to the Philippians, the imprisoned Apostle Paul explained, God had a purpose for his situation, saying, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And urging perseverance, he added that, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And this is the simple truth he knew now applied to Philemon following the offenses committed to him by the runaway slave Onesimus. Pastor Xavier returns to his verse-by-verse series in the book of Philemon, illustrating faith and hope all believers have in the Lord. Paul the Apostle has been making his intercession for Onesimus to Philemon. And now the personal plea of Paul to Philemon regarding Onesimus comes to the end. As the apostle expresses his personal assurance regarding the reconciliation of master and slave. And as evident by three things. Let me read here verse 21 and 22. Having confidence in you, your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me. For I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. The Apostle's assurance regarding the reconciliation of Philemon with Onesimus here is evident by the following. First, verse 21, Paul was assured Philemon would do what was right in the Lord. Secondly, in verse 22, the first half, Paul was assured Philemon would be hospitable to him. And then the rest of 22, Paul was assured that prayers would result in his release. Notice here the apostle in verse 21 was fully convinced Philemon would deal properly with Onesimus, having confidence in your obedience. The phrase having confidence is one Greek word. The word means to be persuaded. The word obedience has the idea of hearing and heeding. It's used of obedience to God in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, as believers. That applies to you. That applies to me. When people are present, when people are not, I'm to do what's right in the Lord. Notice, secondly, Paul was assured Philemon would be hospitable to him. The apostle Paul requested Philemon to also bless him personally. The request is in direct connection to the overflowing benevolence that Paul knew Philemon would bestow on Onesimus. 
Let me back up. Uh, verse 21, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even the, uh, the more than I say. And then he says here, at the same time also. <laughs> so it's a continuation. While you're doing this for him, why don't you do this for me? <laughs> it's not a contrast, but it's a continuation. The connection again is at the same time Philemon was doing for Onesimus more than he asked. He could include doing something for Paul. Now, was the apostle Paul taking advantage of Philemon? No, he's his friend. Paul was pushing his weight around as an apostle? No, he's already said, I'm not going to use my authority. I'm not commanding anything of you. Paul had a loving, close relationship with Philemon. And they were quite at home with each other in Christ Jesus. You have people like that in Christ that you can call on and they're like your family. You can talk to them. You can just ask them things. That's great. That's the way it's to be. Always being there for each other, but never taking advantage of each other. You understand? There's a big difference. Notice the Apostle Paul specifies his request to Philemon. He says, also prepare a guest room for me. The request of Paul was to provide lodging, a room for him to stay at his house in Colossae. The word here, prepare again to make ready. The tense is in the imperative present tense, which Linsky, the Greek scholar, says does not urge any hurry. So it's nothing that needs to be taken care of immediately. There is time, but he's just making those reservations. The same word is used by Jesus when he told his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you in John 14 too. Same word. As Philemon would show Onesimus hospitality, at his return. So Paul was asking Philemon to be hospitable to him when he would come. That's all he's saying. Remember, Paul had never been to Colossae, Colossians 2.1. Up to this point, he had never been there. Whether he made it, we don't know. We can say that he planned to, and if nothing changed, then he did arrive. We know that sometimes Paul planned to do certain things and, and then God would change his plans. And, you know, we should always say, you know, I'll be there if God wills. Because we never know what God can, can want us to do. We have to be open. Now, the implication by Paul was that he was expecting to be released soon from his Roman prison. Uh, the epistle to Philippians confirms this expectation. In Philippians 2.24, you remember, he says, But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. And he just finished saying he was going to send Timothy. And he says, that, then I'm going to follow. And remember that um, Ephesians, Philemon, uh, Philippians, and Colossians all were written from uh, the prison there at Rome. You know, the bee is um, more honored than other animals not because um, she labors, but because she labors for others. All that the bee does, she does for others. Not herself at all. 
Peter puts it this way, 1 Peter 4, 9. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. What we're to do, we're to do to the Lord, not because we want payback. You understand? Very, very important. That's our flesh. I can't believe we invited him. We gave him top sirloin. We went over, he gave us hamburger. All these little tests show us where we're at. You know what I mean? The little things of life. Without grumbling, he says. Paul was assured Philemon would be hospitable to him. Besides what he's going to do for Onesimus. He's going to welcome Paul with open arms. <laughs> he's not going to be waiting there and see Paul walking down the street. And he's coming up and he says, oh, there's that leech. Here he comes, isn't that? I'm sorry, Lloyd. Where's our heart? Notice thirdly then, the rest of 22. Paul was assured their prayers would result in his release. The apostle Paul depended on the prayers of the believers, but his hope was in God. Very important. For I trust that through your prayers, Paul told Philemon that his confident hope was in God. He trusted, which means a firm hope of expectation. The word is used for describing faith. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is a substance of things hoped for. There it is. The implication being that the prayers are answered by God. Paul recognized the instrumentality of the prayers through your prayers, the believers at Colossae, not just Philemon, but all the saints for the pronoun is in the plural, all. And so Paul confirms this by the use of a specific word for prayer here. The word prayers here is use of prayer in general with the idea of worship and reverence, but the word always is used of God, never of man. So this is God. This is the one who makes everything go. This is the one who is aware of everything, and yet he uses people to intercede. There are some things that God will do only through prayer. There are other things that God will do regardless of prayer. But I don't always know which is which, so I'm to pray, right? I don't know. This word is used by Jesus in the cleansing of the temple. Matthew 21, 13. My house shall be called a house of prayer. It is to God that we pray. He's the one that answers. Notice also here that the apostle Paul was depending on the prayers of believers to be released from his present imprisonment then. I shall be granted to you. Paul knew his call by God and his promises. Remember, we just went over Acts chapter 9. Ananias had been sent to Paul as he was praying in Damascus, a broken man, far different than he had come to on his way to incarcerate Christians. And Paul would preach the gospel to the Gentiles, to kings and to 
the house of Israel. But Paul would also suffer many things for the name of Jesus Christ and for his namesake. He understood this. Knowing what God has called you to be will allow you to enjoy what God will equip you to be and enable you to be and not compare yourself and never complain. You must know what God has called you to be and do in the body of Jesus Christ. And then you will be effective. Makes all the difference in the world whether you will enjoy your Christian life and have peace or not. Know who you are in Christ, what he's called you to be, what your gifts are. Then you can do as unto the Lord as we've seen and and you you can rest in God. And the body receives the benefit. Paul knew he was imprisoned by God's appointment. It was his next assignment, if you remember. Um, We did a sermon in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. Uh, He makes this known in in verse 12. uh, He said it was to further the gospel. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. And he's telling this to the Philippians because the Philippians think that the gospel's over with. Paul's all done. He's in jail. That's it. It's over with. No, 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 no. I'm here by assignment. This is my next assignment. <laughs> in verse 13, it was to save some of the Praetorium Guard so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. Do you think Paul believed that God was in control? (laughs) Of course he was. He wasn't being pressured by the circumstances. He knew he was there by assignment, and God was the one who was directing his steps. But I've got to know that I'm walking with God, so wherever I'm at, whatever happens, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do now? Here I am. I'm in a well, head, head first. What do I do? <laughs> if I'm walking with God, then he's going to direct and guide me. I'm going to rest in him. I'm going to seek him. Notice Paul confirmed that God was in control of Paul's life. The phrase, I shall be granted to you, we're told is the passive indicative indicating it is only God who can secure Paul's release. Only him, no one else. The saints would be praying, but God is the one who would be sovereignly deciding the time of his release. The release would be for the sake of the saints, not just for the benefit of Paul. Listen to him in Philippians 1, 19 through 26. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed but with all boldness as always so now also Christ will be magnified in my body whether by life or by death. Now he said the Colossians he was depending on them to pray and they was going to be released because of them. He was also counting on the Philippians and he was trusting them because it's all what? It's all the church of God, right? All the saints. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for, uh, from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. 
For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain with you in the flesh is more needful. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. It was for the benefit of others. For Paul to be killed, he gained. He gained. His staying was for the benefit of others. My staying here one more day is always for the benefit of others. Not for me. The devout scientist, Sir Isaac Newton, said, I can take my telescope and look millions and millions of miles into space. But I can lay it aside and go into my room, shut the door, get down on my knees in earnest prayer, and see more of heaven and get closer to God than I can assisted by all the telescopes and material agencies on earth. That's perception. Something so basic. And we say, well, you know, I, I, I like to go on some of these missionary trips, you know, Nicaragua, you know, Spain, Colombia, and Mexico. But, you know, I just get on your knees. Get on your knees, start praying. Pray for those people. Let the Spirit of God lead you. For God works in two ends and puts them together. William Carey began his ministry like that, a cobbler, just praying. He had a map of the world. <laughs> prayer. There are four basic words for prayer that are used in the Greek. We've already examined the first one, the one here in our text, used for prayer in general with the idea of worship and reverence, always referred to God, not to man. There's also the word for supplication. The Greek word, basic idea is that of personal and specific needs. And it can be used of a request to God as well as to man, but in the scripture it is always used of God. It's used of Gabriel when he told Zacharias, your prayers is heard, referring to the request on behalf of his wife Elizabeth that was barren. In Luke 1.13. It's used of Peter in 1 Peter 3.12 when it says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Three in the morning, four in the morning, ten at night, six in the morning. Doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about heaven being closed. <laughs> it's open. Uh, 24-7. There's a word for intercession. The idea is not of pleading on behalf of others, but coming together with another to converse freely with confident access from the verb usually used for a king or a superior to enter into conversation with them. And it comes from the verb that, again, deals with that aspect of entering in and conversing. It's falling in with a king, a superior. In fact, it is used in Acts 25, 24, 
to come before Agrippa against Paul by Tertullian, the lawyer. He was speaking against Paul, but he was coming before a superior, making entreaty against him. It's also used of the Holy Spirit to make intercession for the saints in Romans 8.27. The idea, again, is of having access to a superior to ask. The word is used of Jesus, whoever lives to make intercession for us in Hebrews 7.25. Privilege and confidence, access that results in intercession. We have that. Then there's giving of thanks. The idea of being one of having and being a person of gratitude, appreciation. It's made up of two words, euo, which means well, and charismai, which means to give freely. It's used by Paul for the Philippians. Listen to Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing but and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There's the word. Make your request known unto God. Always thanksgiving. Um, when children are growing up, we, they ask for things. They say, please. And you give it to them. You say, what do you say? Thank you. Just social graces. If we are gracious to each other here on earth, how much more should we be to God who gives us all things? The word is used in Colossians 2, 7, abounding with thanksgiving, gratitude for the smallest of things that sometimes we take for granted. How about your health tonight? If you're healthy, you're not even aware of it. But if, if something's wrong with your pancreas, if something went wrong with your, your ear and you got vertigo, you would freak out. And it could be just the loss of a couple of hairs and the ear canal. The basic things that we don't take into consideration. Um, your digestive system. <laughs> your pituitary glands. I mean, nobody ever says, hey, you have some neat-looking pituitary glands, man. I mean, you know, nobody sees them, you know what I mean? Paul always asks for prayer. Verse Thessalonians 17, pray without ceasing. Always. Brethren, pray for us. First Thessalonians 5.25. He always asks for prayer. Second Thessalonians 3, 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And we can go on and on in prayer. There's so much to say about prayer. Paul was assured their prayers would result in his release. And so he's coming to the close of his letter. Before he closes, he gives this personal plea to Philemon regarding Onesimus' benefit. It comes to an end here as he expresses his personal assurance here regarding the reconciliation of this master and this slave both of them now in Christ. And so Paul was assured Philemon would do what was right in the Lord. Philemon was assured, or Paul was assured that Philemon would be hospitable to Paul. And 
Paul was assured their prayers would result in his release. Pastor Xavier Reese, summarizing assurances afforded to the followers of Christ who are obedient to the will of God. Now, just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's Simple Truths message titled Paul's Sure Hope are available for only $4 on CD. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is simply Paul's Sure Hope or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com